Welcome to The Frenzy. I'm Melissa Carter. And I'm Jen Hobby. The Frenzy's mission is to celebrate friendships over 40. We believe that women can thrive through authentic relationships, self-discovery, and spiritual exploration. Our decades-long friendship continues to grow because we are willing to go there and share our truths through life's highs and lows. That's why The Frenzy is here, to hold space for women who are 40 and older, because at this age, your story matters more than ever. Today, The Frenzy is so excited to welcome Desiree Nathanson to the show. She is the owner of Interfusion Fitness. It's a virtual fitness experience. She's also a pre- and postnatal coach a certified personal trainer for Ace Fitness and an Atlanta Hawks dancers trainer. Desiree is also currently 38 weeks pregnant. So we're so excited to talk to you about all of these things. (laughs) Desiree, welcome to the frenzy. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. It's like flashbacks of when I first moved to Atlanta, hearing your voices. So it's very like... It's so uh, nostalgic. I love it. Yay. <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm so, you're not, you, hopefully you won't be disappointed now that you get to know us better and you'll be like, no, no. Man, I liked it I'm better already when I didn't loving know it. No, I'm loving it even more now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, congratulations on your pregnancy. I'm glad if you Thank were on YouTube, you. You, well, your baby made an appearance. So that's fantastic. Uh, in the belly, Thank of you. course, not, not crowning yet. Uh, but one of the, first, <laughs> but one of the first things I want to talk about is just is fitness is the definition of fitness, should it be different now that we're older? Because for me, I will tell you, I hate the gym. I'm not a workout person. It takes, I'm the person that I'm, I have to motivate myself to do anything physical. I'm capable of doing it, but I know friends who do it to relax, to, you know, they can't finish their day unless they work out. And I am not that girl. So, but as I get older, I realize, look, it's really important for me to make sure that I don't ignore this. This is not just a you know, girls, you have to be a certain shape thing. This is actually you, mm-hmm. it's wellness. And so talk a little bit about how women over 40 really need to not let this go by the wayside. Well, I think that everybody in general, not just women over 40, need to reframe how they look at fitness. Like fitness should not be something that leaves you feeling terrible. It should be something that you enjoy, no matter what age you're at. It should be something that makes you feel good. Um, It doesn't have to be like get in the gym and, you know, kill your body for an hour. Like fitness can be a five minute circuit. Fitness can be yoga for 10 minutes. Fitness can be whatever gets you moving. Um, So I think we all need to reframe how we look at fitness. But like you said, especially women over 40, because that's when we're getting targeted even more with like, oh, no, you have lines on your face. Nope. Can't do that. Oh, no, you have gray hair. Oh. Yes, I do, but can't do that. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're trying to change our, our aging bodies. And so when we see people who are naturally aging, it's kind of like, well, that's weird. No, it's not. That's what humans look like. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, fitness is something that, that helps us to feel better, um, something we enjoy and something that allows us to do activities of daily living longer. Like I want to be able to sit down on the toilet and stand up by myself. Right. I don't want help. <laughs> so, right. Right. So it, yeah, it needs to be something that just makes everyday life easier. 
And as we are this age, we have parents that are aging. And mm -hmm. I know that when I witness older people who have stayed active through the years, not just started it when there was a problem, but stayed active, mm -hmm. are much happier in their later years of life, well into their 80s and 90s, they're still very active and doing their own things and going for walks and the grocery store. And then on the flip side, you see the older folks that are having a hard time. They got to be on the scooters. They got to be on the, you know, so I really think that it's now is the time to invest. Can you talk about mm -hmm. that? How does the body respond to fitness over time? So we actually, as women, start losing our bone density in our 20s. Wow. So doing weight-bearing activities and, and, and lifting weights and doing strength training is going to benefit us starting in our 20s. I mean, earlier than that, but, you know, it's never too late to start. Uh, and I'm very fortunate because my mom is 75, and she has always been active. Both her and my dad were always in the gym, but they went to the gym to make life you know, easier to make those activities of daily life, uh, daily living easier to make um, health and wellness a priority. It was never about losing weight or looking a certain way. So they, I, I was very lucky to have that messaging. And so my mom now at 75 is like redone our backyard. She's doing ballroom <laughs> dancing. She takes fitness classes all the time. So I'm like, oh, wait, as you get older, you're supposed to, you know, sit on the couch and not do things. That's not what I know. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's definitely... You know, it keeps you young and then it also prevents uh, dementia and Alzheimer's. So it's not just our bodies, it's our brains that are, are getting that work as well. Mm -hmm. Well, it's and so yeah, important. well, and when we talk about age, I mean, because I, I do want to get to your pregnancy, too, because we're going to talk about being older mamas, yes. as we all are. Yes. Um, but I do want to just reiterate what you said, but you both said about it's a lifestyle and it should be a lifestyle. And I'm aware of this. Um but I have friends and family members who in their 60s have been diagnosed with diabetes. And, mm -hmm. it, and it is absolutely weight related. It's absolutely lifestyle related. It's not, you know, that's one thing that I think when people hear that word, they think, oh, I'm automatically going to get that when I get older. And mm -hmm. it's like, no, you can absolutely prevent that from happening because I'm not a medical doctor, but most of the time it is something that can be prevented if you are fit. It is mm -hmm. being overweight and eating the wrong things that causes your body to get out of balance and not know what to do. And that's why, you know, you develop these diseases. So, um, you know, again, for those who are listening and going, okay, I hear you. I know that I've been recently diagnosed with diabetes or my parents have been and I don't want to follow suit. What can they do today? How can they change their mindset today uh, if they've never been somebody much like me who has mm -hmm. been interested in athletics? So you want to make goals that are easily achievable, like lower the bar so much that you trip over the bar. You know, oftentimes when we get these, <laughs> just think it's so easy. we get these diagnoses and it's like, oh, okay, I've got to eat chicken and broccoli all day long and I need to go work out for like an hour a day and then, oh my God, stop just stop. Pick one thing that you could do this week. So maybe it's um, this week, I'm going to do 10 minutes of walking twice. Like something just so simple, which literally means you walk out your door, you walk for five minutes, you turn around, you walk back, do that twice. So just these like simple, basic goals, instead of totally redoing how you eat, maybe add a vegetable, like instead of cutting out foods, oh, I can't have sugar. I can't have this. I can't have that do something you can do. So you can add a serving of vegetables at dinner. You can, 
add a piece of fruit at breakfast. You can't eat breakfast because I know a lot of people don't eat breakfast. So it's, it's starting with these small, simple goals that you know you can achieve because then when you achieve them, you're successful, which makes you want to keep going. And it generally helps you to feel better. Like a lot of people start with water. They're like, I'm going to drink a gallon of water. Okay, maybe we just start with two glasses. If you're not <laughs> at all. Right. I love <laughs> that. You get, yeah, you don't, you don't just walk into a bar and take, you know, like 20 shots on your 21st birthday. If you drink. Well, some people actually. Have that. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> so <bad>. that. <laughs> Forget that. But yeah, you want to start small and set yourself up for success. I love the starting small goal. Can you talk about how once you achieve those small goals, you start to feel the results in your life. So then you want to put those goals a little higher. Like I know if I am exercising better, I sleep better. Can you talk about that connection? Absolutely. So another thing, and this is for, for fitness at all age, but I, I realize it's hard when you're younger because aesthetics are very important. But um, fitness, your number one goal should not be aesthetic. I, I, cause it's something that's very hard to control. So instead of trying to look at numbers on the scale, which everybody throw your scale away right now, um, cause you don't need it. But instead of looking at that number on the scale, start seeing those changes, like sleeping better at night, or just being able to, you know, get up off the couch without using your hand or, um, walking from your car to the store without being out of breath. Uh, it's, it's just like simple things like that. And, and even drinking water. Um, I've, I've always drank a lot of water, so I don't know what it feels like to not drink water for a long period of time. Like I'm one of those weirdos that's been drinking it since I was like three in large quantities. But, um, you know, oh, maybe you, maybe you don't feel dehydrated. Because I think a lot of people are dehydrated and don't know it um, or constipated. Like you start becoming more regular. That's a huge win. Are you kidding mm -hmm. me? Like, I mean, how good does that feel when you are? I'm not you know, <laughs> but No, but, I, no but his, look, no, we talk about this stuff. I was going to say, we talk about this shit on the frenzy, but no, you're absolutely right. Because I, I don't think people understand that the way you go to the bathroom is the way your body is functioning based on what you just ate. I mean, mm -hmm. the color of your urine shows you how much you've taken in when it comes to, cause I, cause I'm a kidney transplant recipient. And when my kidneys were failing, one of the things they're like, okay, we got to keep these kidneys going. We got to keep them pushing. And they're, they're like, you got to pee till or drink water till it's clear, drink water till mm -hmm. it's clear. So don't have any pigment in your pee and then you're drinking enough water. And I've done that ever since. So if yeah. I, if my, if my water is like this, this deep yellow, it's like, no, I didn't drink enough. And so anyway, I, I, <laughs> I just have learned that from Melissa. And if I ever go to the bathroom and there's color in it, I'm like, oh, <laughs> Melissa would be mad. Isn't that <laughs> you funny? Have to I like, drink. <laughs> yes. I think of you when I pee. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it takes. But no, I think that I, I think that we should embrace, I mean, I think, I think, I think women, especially as you're getting older, more comfortable with, with your bodies, don't dismiss that your body's always trying to tell you something, whether, whether it's right. in your skin or your poop or your pee or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I mean, am I correct mm -hmm. that your body is always communicating yeah. with you? It's up to you to listen to it. Our bodies are way smarter than we are. Way mm -hmm. smarter. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's like the whole thing with, and, and it goes back to fitness with, um, you know, on the cardio machines, it says stop if you feel pain, faint, dizzy, or short of breath. Yeah, if you go to some fitness classes, people are, you know, teachers and trainers are telling you to push through and, oh, it's okay if you throw up. Right. No, it literally says on the cardio machine to stop. So why would I not stop here? Your body's telling you to stop. 
Well, yeah, we it, need to listen to our bodies. And I'm sorry to our male listeners out there, but a lot of times it's that masculine machismo, mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> toughing it out and, you know, but that's not what you need to be doing. Uh, but another little trick that at least for me as the non-athletic person, so I lived in a ranch style house, one level for many years. And just a couple of years ago, bought a townhouse where there's three levels and the laundry's at the bottom and my hampers are at the top. And so when I first moved in, I regretted it that first week because I thought, because I would get so out of breath on these stairs. And I thought, what have I done to myself? Two months later, I'm going up and down the stairs much more easily. And I thought, oh, here's a built-in workout. And so, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so just climbing stairs or taking the stairs at work or do, you know, just incorporate a little bit of stairs. You would be amazed at how much stair work can yes. put your body in shape anyway that, that that's a workout yeah, yeah. but no I, I'm glad you said that because people think like oh I have to go to the gym and do this in order for it to be a workout absolutely not your workout can happen anywhere uh, mm-hmm. if you have a toddler built-in workout oh right I got <laughs> no, stronger I yes I got stronger <laughs> when I had a baby I couldn't believe it I was nature's way of, of giving you muscles that's awesome <laughs> yes exactly it's like totally. activity. <laughs> Desiree, I want to know about the connection between mental health and physical fitness too. What are your thoughts there? So I'm not, this is not my area of expertise, um, a little outside my scope of practice, but I will say um, a lot of studies have shown that being more active can decrease your chances of anxiety, uh, depression. um, And so so it can help, uh, you know, with, with those mental illnesses. That said, again, beyond my scope of practice, so please do seek help if, if you are struggling with any of those things. I was on medication when I first moved to Atlanta for anxiety. Um, but I honestly think it would have been worse if I wasn't active, if I wasn't mm-hmm. dancing. Uh, and I, I think it has helped me through this past year too, like staying active and, you know, being pregnant at 41 during a pandemic, I would probably be crumpled in a corner somewhere crying because um, yeah. I did that a few times, but I was able to pull myself out of it. Mm-hmm. I think because I was active and I was keeping myself moving and, and your body needs it. Like we're meant to move around. We're meant to, you know, do more than just sit on the couch and text or watch TV. For me, I feel less irritable. I think that's my mental health issue is just getting like short tempered with my family members or annoyed. Mm -hmm. And I find if I'm more active, uh, that irritability thing goes away. Mm -hmm. And so to me, there is something too that dopamine that kicks in. What's the other mean? Endorphins. Yes. What's her name? (laughs) L Woods. Remember that was her defense. Endorphins and legally blonde. Happy people do not kill their husbands. She had a lot of abortions. That's right. That's exactly it. And so, yeah. So I feel like you said, throw out your scale. It's not about the aesthetic, but for me, it's Mm -hmm. about being less irritated with my family and uh, sleeping better because I have found as I get older, you know, waking up in the middle of the night sucks and you can't get back to sleep and you're just like ruminating over all the things you have to do the next day. Mm -hmm. I mean, talk about anxiety. That's like way ramped up when you feel like you're not going to get a good night's sleep. So to oh, me, yeah. And it's the, worse at night. Everything's yes. worse at night. Yes. <laughs> Intense. The benefits yes. of fitness are so much more than what size jeans I can fit into. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's so much all those other things. And I've only really started to realize that as I've approached this age, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. and 
And I think also think about being around people who are active because it, you know, is contagious. So mm-hmm. my ex, Katie Joe, is always been active. She was the one that played a bunch of sports. And she's the one that I mentioned who, uh, if I don't take a run, I just I can't go or can't relax. You know, one of the things I also learned from her is when things are really stressed to be active. So when my mother, Millie Pete, passed away. And she, when she was in hospice, that I, I, I will say it wasn't until I was older that I learned the trick, but I got out the door and I walked. And I was like, every morning, yeah. every time I get stressed out, I'm going to walk and, and think about it as I'm walking. I would cry on my walks. You know, I was going through the morning process on my walks, but by walking, that so helped me not lose it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it does, it does really help. But yeah. speaking of Millie Pete, she had me at 41. I had Mr. Carter at 44. And I will say that Millie Pete said to me, one of the, she never regretted having a child that old because that was a surprise, but she said it always kept me young. And I think it's because it kept her active when she normally would not have been. And now I understand what she's talking about because I am doing far more with this seven-year-old than I ever thought or I ever would have been without him. So let's talk a little bit about being old, you know, an older mama. I I call me an old mama, but older mama. Yes, I love it. So when I, it's funny, when I first got pregnant, um, I was 39, and the place I was going was calling it geriatric pregnancy, and I was like, <laughs> this is just rude. But I know mine too, I, mine too. And I was, I was 36 and 38 with my yeah, kids. And that was 35. still considered a geriatric pregnancy. 35. That is rude. But they've changed it to advanced maternal age. Oh, there well, we go. Sounds more Thank sophisticated. Yeah. <laughs> so I love that. <laughs> About damn time. But anyway, go right? ahead. So Desiree, <laughs> because you're, you're 38 weeks along, is this going to be your first child? Second. I had my first last year. Okay. So congratulations. Yeah. So I first got pregnant at 39. I did uh, miss, I miscarried the first time. Um, And then I got pregnant again when I was, I'm still 39, had my first at 40. Um, And then, you know, as you're getting up there, you can't really wait too long. So (laughs) got, got pregnant at, I think I was 41 when I got pregnant with this one. The math is kind of warped but yeah I um I just it never quite felt right and the thing that was annoying to me was that people were always saying oh it's never the right time it's never the right time yes but I know for a fact that right now it is not a good time for me and I'm so glad I waited because a I have more patience yes not just with um you know the child but with myself like I can just see how I react to situations I'm not like I'm not reacting. I'm, I'm, you know, taking it in and then I'm able to respond. Um, I, I feel more settled in my body and, and I, I was, I was selfish. I didn't want to give up my body yet. I wasn't ready for that. And pregnancy brings a lot of changes and I don't care what people say. Your body will never be the same um, because you have housed a human. You might get stronger. You might be weaker than you were before, but your body is changed and we need to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um, because you can always get stronger, even if you do come out a little weaker, because I came out a lot weaker, but I, I worked slowly to get stronger again, because I knew I wanted to get pregnant again. And I was like, eh, we got to get this pelvic floor ready to hold another human. 
so I'm more comfortable with that. And then I'm more comfortable with uh, setting boundaries too, which is, I think, huge. I think a lot of younger parents don't have that luxury. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I, 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 I don't regret anything. Have you had any double takes at you in the waiting room? Like, I know I felt that way when it was like the, you know, 21 year old pregnant moms in there. And I was like, Hey, I could be your mother. <laughs> <laughs> I've had double takes, but I don't know if it's because this pregnancy is like so low and big that people are like, Oh God, is she going to go into labor here? <laughs> um, <laughs> and also I don't really go anywhere right now. So yeah. I've avoided yeah. some of that. And, you know, we have the masks on, so people can't tell right here. Yeah. Like, this is what they see. Yes, <laughs> you're right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, and you know, I think that the the time is now where more women are waiting later to have mm-hmm. children, and they're they're kind of settling into their careers first, and having children later. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the good news is that I, you know, with me and and I, I have not, I mean I'm older than the other parents of in my kids' school, but not dramatically older, right? It's not where my mother was unique and dramatically older, but she embraced it. She thought it was funny. So I, another thing, like you said, I I really think that we have to think about the way we're communicating things, much like your parents communicated things to you. And the same with me. And Jen's talked about that where, you know, you can also do with your friends. I don't think it's just a mother thing to your child. I think that as an older woman, you have to communicate with everybody Mm-hmm. The, the, the fact that you're embracing this age and the good mm-hmm. things about this age and have a, a sense of humor about it. Cause my mother certainly had a sense of humor about aging and she never once m- taught me to feel bad about it. And I'm so yeah. grateful for that. Yes. And I, that's why I try to share my story so much. Cause I want, I know how I felt the, the um, last couple of years, like when I was, because I, so I got my ovarian reserve tested when I was 35, because there's so much doom and gloom around having a baby when you're older. And I was freaking out. And, you know, I, I, I have always wanted kids, but I just knew I wasn't ready yet. So that's why I want to share my story to hopefully give people hope. And like, of, of course, there are some risks as you get older, but there are risks when you're younger as well. So why don't we talk about that? Why is it always on the older women? You know? mm-hmm. Why can't this be something that's just normal? I know so many women over the age of 40. I met someone in the waiting room at my maternal fetal specialist who's 48, had her first, having her first baby. Mm-hmm. Um, what's her name? Uh, Tamron Hall, 50, when she had her first baby, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's all these, it's, it's becoming normal and, and we need to allow people to have hope that their, their chances of having a child are not done once they hit 35, since 35 is advanced maternal age. Right. And also just a warning to people that at high school graduations moving forward, don't assume everybody's the grandmother. Okay. (laughs) That's right. Yes. Because I'll be 63 at Mr. Carter's high school graduation. So (laughs) don't, don't assume that I'm his grandmother. And so we have to change our perception of the family members there. Yes. (laughs) I need to think in general before we say certain things to pregnant people, like families in general, like, why would you that. Right. <laughs> so true. I was just at soccer practice with my six-year-old the other day, and there was a woman there who I wasn't sure. Was she mom or was she grandma? So I just didn't say anything, but we were chatting and I said, okay, well, who belongs to you? That's just how I asked it. 
who belongs to you. And she was like, oh, so-and-so is my granddaughter. And I was like, okay, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to just assume that. (laughs) It's the same thing with race because you can't assume somebody's the babysitter when it's the mama because they're two different colors, right? So that applies to everything. Everything. Yeah. No assumptions. Um, stop saying stupid things. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. Just stop being stupid. Just stop being right. stupid. Stop. <laughs> Presumptive. <laughs> All right, Desiree, I want to know a little bit more about your pre and postnatal coaching. Um, yeah. What does that mean exactly? If someone wants to have a baby at an older age, should they seek a pre and postnatal coach? Absolutely. I think it's very important to get specialized fitness because the body changes so much. And your abs are, you know, your, your, your body is like tearing and stretching and move, your organs are moving. So you need to have someone who's familiar with when you need to change up the movements. Like you can't be doing planks your whole way through pregnancy. You could be doing it for a lot of it. Um, you know, you have to stop doing crunches at a certain time, which a lot of people know. But they're just like little nuances and just different types of movements that you need to be doing to not just keep your body strong, but to prepare for postpartum. Like it doesn't stop when you have the baby. The the strength training during pregnancy is to help you prepare for delivery. It's to help you prepare for labor, then delivery, then the postpartum period while you're having to care for this baby and heal your body at the same time because everybody forgets about you after you have the baby because <laughs> you go to the doctor yeah. every week and then you have the baby and they're like see you in six weeks and I'm like but my vagina has been torn apart or I had a c-section like I need some help you know what I mean yeah. um, so it's very important to get that specialized training and someone who understands the pelvic floor and your core and with that it's important to also see a pelvic floor physical therapist um so I, I, I know it, it's so familiar to me, so I forget that a lot of people don't know about it, but the leaking that occurs during pregnancy and after, very common, not normal. So we need to make sure that we're getting that pelvic floor health taken care of during pregnancy and immediately after so it doesn't lead to, lead to long-term situations where we're having to wear diapers and, and pads. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Even women who aren't pregnant or closely postnatal can do the exercises. So I'm wondering, can Desiree, can you lead us through some Kegel exercises right now during the frenzy? And I want people listening to do some Kegels. I want them to know how to do it. So I'm actually glad you said that because we're always told we need to tighten, 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 but we also need to work on relaxing the pelvic floor as well. Okay. Because yes, because it's just like any other muscle. So you don't walk around all day like that. Well, I don't know. Some people do. Like flexing your biceps all day. You know, they're mostly relaxed. And I can think of some guys that, yes, some guys I know that actually flex all day. Yes. That is true. Um, there's a, is she a mid, I think she's a midwife. And I, Ida May Gaskin, I think is her name. But her, her thing is as above, so below. So, you know, if your jaw is tight, pelvic floor is probably tight. Like we think about holding tension in our jaw and our shoulders and our hips, but we also hold tension in our pelvic floor. So mm-hmm. being able to relax and release the pelvic floor can also help ease tension and anxiety. Okay. So I like to do connection breathing, which actually can be done. It, it can be done all the way through pregnancy, but it can also be done the day that you deliver. 
So that is your exercising you can start doing literally the day that you have given birth. Like that's what I did. It felt weird as can be, but I did it and it was, it was pretty cool. So what we're gonna do, we're gonna sit um, nice and tall. You're gonna stack your shoulders over your ribs, over your hips, and then take one hand to your belly and one hand to your rib cage. And then as you inhale, I want you to expand your rib cage and your belly. And as you exhale, you'll feel that contract. And we'll do this a couple of times just to get used to the full belly, full rib cage breathing. So inhale, expand your rib cage and your belly. And exhale, contract. And you can move at your own pace. You don't have to wait for me. I hate when I go to yoga and you're like, you just told me to inhale. What can I exhale? I'm going to pass out. <laughs> so now the next time we do this, I want you to think about relaxing your pelvic floor as you inhale. So it's like you're pushing out. And then as you, uh, as you hold on. Inhale, yep, and then as you exhale, you're gonna gently engage your pelvic floor. So like you're trying to hold in your urine or you're trying to hold in a fart, or some people like to say, pick a pee up off the floor. I don't know who's picking a pee up off the floor with their <laughs> vagina, but you can try. Love. <laughs> I love it. I, there's no judgment right? here. No, absolutely not. If that's your trick. If, if your vagina is your vacuum cleaner, I'm very impressed. It's impressive. Yeah. So as you inhale, you want to relax. And if you can't quite tell if you're doing it, you can actually sit on your hands. I can't really reach right now, but you can sit on your hands and kind of get them a little further in than your pubic bone. I'm sorry, not your pubic bone, your hip bones, your, your okay. sit bones. Wow. How many bones am I going to say before <laughs> I get the right one? So a little further in than your sit bones and you should be able to feel yourself pressing down. And if you can't, don't worry about it. It's going to take time and practice because how often do you relax your pelvic floor? I feel like I get the breathing and the relaxing or contracting off. Like I think I'm doing it, it at the wrong opposite. time. It feels opposite of what, you know, so you want to like think about everything and it expands as you inhale. So you're filling it up with air. The balloon okay. is filling up with air. Oh, it's expanding. Okay. And then as you exhale, it's contracting. Yeah. Gotcha. It takes a little yeah. thinking too. To get yeah, that and, going. and you're not the only one. It's, it's complicated. You are not the well, only one that well, has we're, difficulty with that. And we're shallow breathers. So most people don't mm -hmm. even breathe with their stomachs out. Most True. people breathe most with people their are, chest yeah. and there's, yes, and their shoulders yep. to their chest when you're supposed to be breathing at your gut. Uh, and a lot yeah. of people don't know that. And you all are familiar with that from doing uh, radio and vocal work. Like you probably have worked with people who have taught you how to do the breathing mm -hmm. in your diaphragm. So yeah, right. a lot of people right. don't know that. Because you can't really push your voice from your throat right right, right. it has pushed your voice from your gut yeah yeah your diaphragm because your diaphragm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Your diaphragm right, exactly. yeah it it you know mm -hmm. is the buffer between your lungs and your the mm -hmm. rest of you right so yeah. that's why you gotta use your gut and use your stomach and use all, it all but but yes i know that when i've done when i have done sports now i i tease about that i did play tennis in high school i have been active i do walk i've done 5ks i've done the two day walk with Jen, like we, I've done things. You're super athletic. I've done things, but it again, I need the, I need the goal. I need the two day walk. I need the, you know, the five. I need the destination. You know, I can't just mm -hmm. do it on my. But anyway, point being, but when I start cramping or or getting um, short of breath, I realize it's because I've been mm -hmm. breathing up here. So mm -hmm. all this yeah. makes sense to try to. Yeah, the breathing is so important. A balloon and, and in that, your gut. 
with yes. the, with and that starts to reconnect the core and your pelvic floor right away because like I said it's been stretched out your pelvic floor has been like hanging on for dear life holding the tubing up so mm-hmm. so when you're doing that exercise that you taught us how yeah. long should you do it and where should you be when you're doing it uh you can do it anywhere so you can do it while you're sitting on the couch watching tv while you're lying down you can do it in bed uh, that's the beauty of it. You can do it while you're standing in line. You can do it if someone has just cut in front of you and you're driving down the highway, especially if you live in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. You can do yeah. it anywhere. Yeah, because it's not just about the reintegration of the core of the pelvic floor. It's also about settling and grounding yourself, which I think a lot of us do not do. We're, we're always like thinking of the next thing. It's like, take a second to be in the moment. Carpool line. That's a great place you can do it because that's yes. that's a lot of that time. That is a really good place. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. and, and just like 10 breaths, 10 breaths one time a day is, is great. And and But even if 10 breaths seems too much to you, one breath is better than none, you know? Right. Right. Just take totally. that second. Yeah. Was, because in my carpool, there's a slope, there's a slope in the drive. And so I, I can't necessarily... Uh, look at my phone or read a book or something sitting in line because I have to, I'm so concerned about hitting the car in front of me. Oh, yeah. So this way I can stay focused and then I can do my, my yeah, breathing. Right. Yeah. And, and when I, you I'm, do, can, Oh, sorry. What were you saying, Jen? I was going to say, you're going to have a robust uh, pelvic floor here soon. Yeah. Melissa. Yeah. That's right. And when you do the contraction of the pelvic floor, don't do like bulk and death grips. Do like a, like a 25 a to 50% squeeze just so we're not you know because you can have pelvic floor dysfunction if it's too tight oh, as well okay. okay so hence why going to a pelvic floor physical therapist is super important well the fact recommend. the fact that we've had a legally blonde reference and a star trek reference in this conversation i'm incredibly impressed okay desiree i want to hear a little bit more about interfusion fitness because i yeah. really think this can help a lot of our listeners because it's a virtual fitness experience right mm-hmm. yes yes exactly so uh my classes are on hold right now uh, because of the bibis, but they will be resuming after <laughs> my maternity leave. And we do offer yoga, we have stretch, we have dance fitness classes, um, circuit training classes, strength training classes, and it's all virtual. Uh, we used to be brick and mortar and then 2021. COVID. Uh, and now right. we're virtual. Exactly. And now we're virtual. Uh, but I do also have a postpartum, a, a self-paced postpartum fitness program um, that's called Fortified. And that people can do on their own. So if they are recently uh, um, postpartum, uh, they can do that program. And that doesn't require me. So that's another option. And we do also have a video library of, I think we have like 300 or something classes on there. And it's, like I said, the stretch, the yoga, the strength training, circuit training. I've got a couple pop-up 80s classes on there. Obsessed with the 80s. Um, I've got Thriller on there. I don't know when this will be up, but if you're trying to get into the Halloween spirit, I've got Thriller on there. Yeah. So our video <laughs> library, certainly, there it is. Right here. well I love that because you know a lot of times I will try to do the gym but it's not always available and the classes always aren't always when you can fit it into your schedule Mm -hmm. especially with you know I have early morning work hours and then I have 
uh, kid activities and I drive the mom taxi every afternoon. And so it's nice that Interfusion Fitness can fit in where yeah. whenever you can fit it in. You can yeah, take you it can along with you. I the love video that. Library. Yeah, yeah. And we have 30-minute classes on there, um, my Power 30 class. So if you just want to get in a quick strength training workout, you can do that as well. And yeah, like you said, you can work out at 4 a.m. if you want. I will never be doing that. Um, or you can work out at like 10 p.m. or anywhere in between. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever it works for you. I love that. Well, you can find out more about Desiree at fitdesiree.com. You can also follow her on Instagram at fitdesiree. And now, but we're not done yet. Okay. Because oh, I'm having fun. It's been fun. All right. See, it Yay! is, it is good that I've met you. <laughs> so it's better. We're better. We're better, better. with age. Even That's better. fantastic. See, everybody's better with age. All right. So we do what's called the Frenzy Five. Okay. And oh that is five rapid fire questions. Whatever comes to your mind, it's just a way to get to know you better. Okay. You're not going to fail scared. this. You can't fail. Okay. Ready? Okay. Is your I child so. ready? Because you're both on the spot. So is your child ready? I think so. Okay. Okay. Good. All right. Here we go. What is your cozy, happy place? Oh, the couch. (laughs) (laughs) Easy. What is your favorite framed thing in your house? Oh, gosh. I have all these pictures of our little family now that I love. So any picture with my little son in there? Yay. Uh, What is your most memorable birthday? Oh. Okay. That I get... mm, See, in college, it was always around the tournament time, basketball tournament, and I danced for the basketball team. Um, so we were always at different sites for my different birthdays. And my 21st birthday happened to land in New Orleans. That was the site Ooh, that we went to for the wow. tournament. But it rained, and it was not as great as it could have been. But I remember that. And then I guess my bot mitzvah, probably. Okay. There <laughs> you go. Pretty memorable. <laughs> You had to put in a lot of work for that one. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I love it. I want to forget it. No, can you, I was going to say, can you recite anything? Like, is it still ingrained in your brain? Um, let's see. Maybe, is that right? I don't know. I can't remember. That might have been the first it's line of my Torah portion. I don't know. Well, there, yeah, it, it, yeah, because there was something that popped in my mind from childhood the other day, and I thought, where the hell did that come from? But, you <laughs> yeah. know, it's there. All right, what's a daily routine or ritual that you stick to? Oh, yoga. I, I like to, whether it's one minute or 20 minutes, I like to just do at least some yoga in the morning. Otherwise, my body gets so angry. Okay. And finally, what fashion trend did you jump on? And it could be any era. Oh, uh Let's go with the early 2000s because I did like the, the tube top, like the Spice Girl leather <laughs> platform animal print. Oh my gosh. And then the, the lipstick, like the Missy Elliott, you know, purple or, or blue or, oh God, glitter. <laughs> and like those little tops that look like curtains. Oh my gosh. It's embarrassing. <laughs> Fantastic. You did a great job. Say you're done. Better. And we didn't even we didn't even ask for pictures from that time. So say you have done a lot too. Thank God there was no Facebook. (laughs) Right. Oh Oh, my gosh. Too funny. Well, thank you so much. Desiree Nathanson. Y'all go connect with her and find out more at fit 
fitdesiree.com or follow her on Instagram at fitdesiree. Yeah. Thanks so much for hanging yes. out with us today. This Thank has been a blast. You. Thank you for having me. It was so fun being on with you too and meeting you after all these years all of having listened years. to you for for so long when I first moved here. Well, if, so if whatever your your child can either be named Melissa, Mel. <laughs> Got it. Okay. You know, perfect. Lisa, what else? Ellie. Perfect. Don't use Jennifer. Uh, it's Carter, just too old. Carter. Carter. Yeah. Carter's a great name. Carter's a great name, boy just or saying. girl. It doesn't matter. Exactly. Just say I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> Desiree, Carter thank you so much. Now you're in the tribe. Now you're in the frenzy tribe. Yay! I love it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Is there a friend of yours who would enjoy this episode? Please share this with her. And on Apple Podcasts, here's what you do. You click on the three dots at the top right corner, and then in the drop-down menu, select Share Episode, and then you can share it however you want. The green messages option will let you text it right to a friend. We would love for you to also sign up for our weekly email where we send the episode right to your inbox. We make it very easy for you. We also include links on things we discuss and give you some deeper insights to the topics that we cover. And it's how you can also get into our private Facebook group by signing up at the friend frenzy.com today. And if you are enjoying the Frenzy podcast with Melissa Carter and me, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you are listening to podcasts and leave us a review. That helps us more than you can imagine. And we really want to reach more people just like you. And here is your reminder as I mean, this is the most important thing we do, right? Is to help you share your story. That's the point of all of this. Open up about your story with trusted friends. Your story absolutely matters. Please follow The Frenzy on Instagram. That's at The Frenzy with a Z-Y at the end of friend. If you want to share about the show, tag us so that we can repost it and thank you. We are everywhere, okay? We're accessible to you everywhere because we also are on YouTube. We have a Frenzy YouTube channel. We finally have a vanity URL, the Frenzy <laughs> Podcast. So please go to our YouTube channel and you can see some extended interviews, see some bloopers, see what we look like. If you don't know what we look like, uh, again, the YouTube at YouTube, the Frenzy Podcast. So exciting. The Frenzy is hosted and produced by Melissa Carter and me, Jen Hobby. Sound editing by Bo Johnson. Original soundtrack produced by Tammy Hurt for Placement Music, written and recorded by Mark Daniels. The Frenzy celebrates friendships over 40. Thank you so much for spending your time with us. We love your friendship. All right, until next week, trust your gut, share your story, and, and stop, stop lying, lying about, about your age. age. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you on Monday.